This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Just reading up old Debo Samuel with a broken foot. Working out in Nashville. How about that? Mm. It's a Jones fracture. Am I supposed to know what that means? I'm not I'm not sure what a Jones fracture is. Apparently I'm, that I know means, what a, an Elizabeth Frank fracture is. Yes, we don't um, with all due respect to all Elizabeths, we don't like yeah. Elizabeth Frank. No, we don't, man. Uh you don't, especially. Dirtiest player in the game, as far as I'm concerned. He should be able to uh, be on the field early in the season, says Ian Rappaport. Uh, for Debo Samuel, that could affect your fantasy football uh, sure lineup for sure. Well, you saw Brandon Brooks too a couple days ago. Yeah, um, Achilles out probably for the season. Yeah, yeah, that's a big blow to he's, the he's Eagles already. All pro guard, man, he's legit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big blow. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to have a football season. Doctor Fauci is back. Mm-hmm. Feel like he disappeared for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe those daily pressers, uh, that might have been it. But now, not so sure about football uh, unless it's in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So, uh, come on, man. We were trending in the right direction. Nothing's trending, trending in the right direction yeah. these days in the last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in that regard, though, baseball's trending in the right direction. Uh, back and forth they go. I'm still so amazed, you know, in a tight-lipped world, especially when it comes to sports, how readily available all these negotiations are in Major League Baseball. It's like the, the owners propose something, bam, we know what it is. The players come back, we know what it is. It, it doesn't feel like if the CBA is happening in football that we know exactly the details. We know all the details in Major League Baseball, uh, according to the national writers. So uh, that's been pretty wild uh, for sure. We have a question today. What did you pick up or have you picked up in the pandemic? And uh, be careful here. But I'm I'm looking for like a hobby, looking for like uh, what did you do that you never really thought you would do? I uh, used examples like marshmallow baseball, mm-hmm. uh, like walking a lot, like reading a book, maybe uh, home projects or cooking. There's got to be something. I mean, you have had more time on your hands or more time at least at home than you normally would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You picked, you did something that I bet you didn't think you would do over the last couple of months, and uh, maybe there's more to be done. I always said, I said uh, a couple weeks ago, searing a steak changed my life. <laughs> the reverse sear. Uh, the reverse sear. Yep, yep, it changed my it. life. Yeah. And I will probably um, now cook a steak that way all the time. Sure. So, why not? I mean, I don't know what you did on the pr- pandemic, but my life got changed. I had five. I'm sorry. I had three goals for my pandemic. When the pandemic started, I had three goals that I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to run at least five and a half miles, which I knocked out. Like the whole time? Yeah, just straight. Okay. Five and a half miles. I know it doesn't seem that great, but I mean, I want to get like, you know, under like the 10 minute range for each mile. Okay. So we're there. We're good with that. 5.5, not five, not six, 5.5. Five and a half. Correct. Because, well, it's easy because the way I, I kind of mathed it out really was well, I could run for 50 minutes or I could go for 60 minutes. You, you know go. what I'm saying? So All right. as long as I got five and a half and 60 minutes, I was happy with that. And you and, did that? Yeah, I did Check that. Check the box. Yeah, I, I, I've been doing that now. So it's it's been good. Um, my second goal was to do a five minute plank. And by five minute plank, I mean like you can't cheat. You can't like try to adjust a little bit. You have to maintain a plank five for five minutes. minutes. Didn't get there. 445. Well, listen, we have to be very careful to talk about the pandemic in past tense. Sure. I think it still exists. Well, to be fair, I got 445. Does it still exist? Like, are we still in? Are we 
is it by definition we're still in the pandemic, right? Yeah, I think someone would say we're getting a, a second swing. At second it. swing at yeah, it. I, I'm yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to like this is kind of uh, what do you get in school like halfway through the quarter or semester? Uh, right. Yeah. No, but it begins like a it's like a progress report. You mm-hmm. know, like you get kind of see where you're at. It begins with an M. I gotta call Steph and ask her. Uh, but anyway, midterm. There you go. Midterm report. Yeah. Or something like that. Okay. I think that's what I was looking midterm? for. Midterm. Did you go to school? Uh, I, I was blanking on it. <laughs> yeah, God, I'm messing with you, man. <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to yeah, bail me out. I think you're, you're talking about midterm, yeah. So, anyway, so this is like the midterm. Hopefully, it's not the midterm. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. it's like three quarters yeah. or something. But it might be the midterm progress yeah. report of the pandemic. See, so you have time to get to no, the, the point. Well, Why don't we do I don't that know, live man. on the show, by the way? I don't know, though, because like the way I looked at it, like I had to get it done before people could start going out in public again. People are in public, so I didn't really accomplish that goal. But it's all good, though, man, because now I, I try to do like, you know, because I'm in the gym now, so I can put like plates on my back and do planks that way. So I do them for a shorter time with weight on my back. Uh, so there you go. That was a humble brag. Yeah, right, there you go. I'm just trying to tell you where I'm at right now and how the, the five-minute plank is probably not going to happen anytime soon. That's fine. What was uh, number three? N- number three was get better at playing the guitar, which I, I learned Ziggy Stardust front to back two nights ago. So I'm pretty pumped up about that. All right. By David Bowie, because I'm sure you don't know that. I figured based off our conversation earlier this week, it would have been like uh, some record score in, in like uh, oh, Call of Duty Oh, no, or man. Anytime I can play, I just have fun with it, man. I'm, I'm not concerned about the points or the prestige. I'm just worried about having fun, man, and I'm trying to keep the game pure. One little bonus one, though. Probably my biggest accomplishment so far for, for the pandemic, for the quarantine period, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Brent, you like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? I do. Coos, you like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Yeah, they're all right. All right, so here, here's where my mind was at. Take two Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, put grape jelly in between them, and make a sandwich. You're welcome. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups with grape jelly on top of them. So you did it? I did it. Oh, I've been doing it, sir. Been doing it. Steph, if you're listening, put that into the uh, onto the menu for Thai. There you go. <laughs> Just chalked up the calories and the sugar. <laughs> but no, Reese's <laughs> Peanut Butter Cups with grape jelly, man. I, let's go to okay, show you what I was at. doesn't mess it up? It's like, is that sloppy? Mm-hmm. Is that a messy eat? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, no, I just put it on top. You're good to go. All right. Yeah, but trust me, man, it's good stuff. I don't. I, w- I would say that probably sounds good. Yeah. Now it's it's a little overkill with the sugar, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm now I'm like I've got uh, I went and weighed in today. Sure. And it wasn't it wasn't good. Like I feel pretty good. Yeah. But the weigh in was not good. Today. No. Well, it's, it's I actually how you feel, man. I, I am a big believer in that, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I was pissed today. <laughs> like I was. I, I'm what not are you talking ki- about? So, like, I was, I've been as high as 211. Okay. Right? Kind of before the pandemic. Then I got down to 206, but I am convinced the Safety. scale at, at the at the gym yeah. is where I weigh in and mm-hmm. it kind of spits out all this information. Uh, the mind body stuff, or I think it is. Or what's that thing called? The, the uh, Well, like the, the, the body mass index scale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm convinced that thing is like three, four pounds heavier than my home scale anyway. Sure. Like it always is heavier. Okay. Well, so I'm a little prepared for that, but I was down to 206 the last time, feeling pretty good. You sure. Know? Safety. I've been drinking a little beverages at night. That's uh, been more frequent than in the past. A couple basic beverages. Nothing wrong with Even that. Even had friend. a couple slices of pizza in the last week. Treat I, I feel yourself. like I'm picking up on the fried food a bit, but I, I'm kind Treat of yourself, on the. I, I've been okay. Are you still fasting? Yeah, still well, fast. Hey, but an occasional cheat here or there. But, but don't still, even. Hey, then don't even worry about it, man. So I'm. Uh, I, I get last week. You know, it was, it was super humid, mm-hmm. and so we're walk. We walk a lot, Steph and I, and we're going to the gym a couple times a week. But we walk a lot, and I'm telling you, man, that it was so humid Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday last week. Like 
I knew it was water weight, yeah. but I got on the scale and I'm down to like 195. For sure. I'm like, yeah, baby, keep Doing that good. humidity coming. Six pack Martino coming Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, then it starts creeping up a little bit as the week goes along. Yeah. 196, 198, settles around one. I'm like, that's probably more realistic. I'm probably like 199. Sure. I get on this morning just to check the home scale before I go to the gym scale, and it's up to like 201. Okay. I get on the scale at the gym, and it's 209 and a half. How can there be that much of a discrepancy? Well, now let's go through a couple basic questions here. Do you weigh in with shoes on? No. Not at home or not at the gym? I am usually naked at home. Correct. Okay. But I have just uh, like a light shirt and light shorts and underwear on at the gym. Are you sweating, though, at the gym? No, no, it's before. Before, okay. It's weird. So, well, then, hey, might not talk to your gym now, even Steph, representative. Steph will, no, it might be our home scale. That's well, a little off. the home scale, too. But yeah. uh, and Steph's, like, waivers, like, three pounds from the home scale. Yeah. But mine waivers, like, ten. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so disappointing. Dude, that's, I'm that like, could be a good deal wrecker right there, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I can change your whole day around. Again. Yeah, I can change your whole day around. So, anyway, I, I don't. now I'm not eating sugar. Or well, breaking away from the I fast, mean, here's what we or have having to do. a beer for the next like three. And by the way, I'm kind of getting out of town for like or like yeah. no one's call it vacation. It's baseball tournaments for the next couple of weeks. Not ideal to weigh in heavy before you're Ooh. about to go away. So here's what you do, man. You, you have to calibrate these scales. If you have a weight at home, put the weight on, see what it weighs, and then you do the same thing obviously at the gym and see which one's wrong. I think it what would I, drive me crazy if I, I didn't know. I think I found out today. I'm a little bit mentally weaker. Than I thought I was because it, it, it hit is. me hard. There it is. Um, but now I'm turning it around here a little bit. I'm just going to spit in adversity's face. Okay. And uh, we're going to go get after it a little bit. So, so uh, is that what you accomplished during the quarantine period? Was you gained a couple couple pounds? Well, what, what have you done, I'm man? All over the place, man. I thought I was down. I was down five. I was. I for sure thought I'd be like 204, 203, yeah. even at worst, even on the heavy scale. Like yeah. right. If the I did not anticipate this. I was not ready for this. Yeah, yeah. Like it. it it doesn't feel like I've cheated that bad. Like, I don't feel that bad. I usually can tell if I've lost a pound or two, gained a pound or two. Yep. That was, that shocked the system. <laughs> it shocked the system today. So I, I got to get after it a little bit more. Um, but that's not the only thing on sure. the pandemic. We'll talk a little bit more. There's some things happen on the pandemic I, I, I never really thought I'd even yeah. do. You know, I mean, I always try to lose a little weight this mm-hmm. time of year. So that's not really that new. I am walking way more than I normally would. Yeah. Because uh, you're just home more. But um, but there are some things. So that's the question today. What have you done on the pandemic? What have you picked up uh, over the last couple of months? I'll tell you what, another little bonus flex for myself here since we're breaking myself right now. So last night, Brent, doing some meditating right before bed. And, you do that. And I have an epiphany. What's that? I remembered what my work email was. Because remember when I switched it over? And I had to get a new password, and I switched. Yeah. So I remembered last night, and boom, back in the work email. First time in about five months. Feels great. Good feels, for you. It feels like I'm part of the team again. It can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and now, to be honest, you know, it's, you know it's really disappointing, though? So obviously, I'm excited. I'm like, wow, email's working again. Like, this this gorilla was taken off me. Now I can breathe, and now I'm, like, part of the team. And all of a sudden, I look at my emails. Nobody sent me anything. It, it, it was pointless. Just, just a bunch of chain emails. So that, what did you do? Remember your password? Yeah, I remembered it. Yeah, it ended up so so the, the new password that I had for my work email ended up being my old password that I had back in college, but I had to put a capital letter in it. And I forgot the capital letter, so that that's what kind of threw me for a loop. Meditation, meditation does See wonders, man. I'm telling you, jogs your memory, jogs your memory for, for pointless <laughs> stuff. That's where my mind is. I can't get off of work. What's my work email? What's my work email? 
and I got it. Welcome to my world for the last 20 years. <laughs> I can't wait, Brent. What's going on at work? What's going on at work? Uh, what is going on in the world of sports? Dr. Fauci, has he lost some believers? And do you believe this latest about the bubble, especially given the last week or even in here? You know, at times, you know, the, the pandemic has been more alarming in other parts of the country. Well, yeah. all of a sudden, I think around here, people are feeling at least the number heightened. They're seeing it. They're seeing the percentages go up. Does that do anything to you mentally? Does it do anything for the football season? We've had these discussions about football, and uh, it's worth at least bringing up what he, Dr. Fauci said uh, about the football season. But it does appear like things are going along as planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL continuing to say that we'll read their side of it and what they're going to do and, and how much will even change from now until uh, we get to the start of the football season. Uh, we do have a couple guests on today. And speaking of what did you do during the pandemic? Uh, one guy may have gotten famous. Uh, one of our <laughs> guests in the five o'clock hour. Another one um, has us reminiscing uh, about the uh, the old Gator days. And speaking of the Florida Gators, they make a big move with one of their cheers today. Mm-hmm. The story behind that and uh, what's going on. We'll take a time out. We uh, will kick it off with football season. Are you concerned? I also have a project for you today. Hope you saw the email. I did. Okay. I glanced over it. Can you, can you deliver? What was the... Project. I guess I didn't glance over too hard. I don't know. Oh, no, the, the five players that I played? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. Yeah. Oh, you're actually, it's, it's a big deal. I can name them like that. We're good. Really? Yeah. So you can name top five players. I don't even have five friends, so I can't even name them. <laughs> but top five players the, you played the, with? The top five players that I played with. Yeah, and, and just we're so, totally stealing this from Maurice oh, Jones, too, by the way. And just so we're clear, are we talking like the best teammates I ever had, skill level? What, what's the criteria here? I don't know. You can make it up. Okay. Let's do a list for each. Funniest. We've got three Smartest. hours. Yeah. <laughs> we have three hours. Best friends, most likely to drive me to the airport. I'm okay, let's get it. tomorrow. That's, yeah, I know. <laughs> Lord knows I'm going to need it, Brent. <laughs> All right, we come back. We talk a little football to kick it off here on a Thursday of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 6. For me, no, it hasn't changed. I mean, I, I tell, people, tell people all the time I was built for, uh, you know, the quarantine life just because I don't really go outside anyways other than, you know, working out and, and throwing football. But, no, nah, I don't I don't see it hindering any, you know, progression or success that comes our way. I'll see all the guys pretty soon here. But as far as me, you know, I've been, been grinding every day. Um, you know, nothing's really changed for me except for, you know, trying to, trying to stay safe and, uh, you know, keep my people safe. So. Well, that's when you know sometimes athletes just kind of say what they say. Yeah. Because how can you say, like, listen, and maybe that's Kyla Murray. And Kyla Murray might be right. And Kyla Murray then would, I would, I, I appreciate because I would say OTAs and all this other stuff I don't think has a ton of value as much as people put on it as it does. But I also would think if you're a player, how you could say is really not that much impact having a virtual three months than it is, I mean, than, than it is having like an on-the-field stuff. I mean, there's certainly an impact. I mean, you are way better off if you're on the field practicing with your team, practicing with DeAndre Hopkins. Hey, you can go throw to DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. but you get my point. I mean, that's that's player speak a little bit because there is – there's definitely an impact no, and, and uh, listen, to some degree. And he's definitely lying, right? Because <laughs> Colin Murray, in case you didn't notice, there's a lot of hype around you this year, man. And yes, you there have, is. And you have to perform, right, uh, for for some of my betting purposes and for some bragging rights um, as well. So with that being said, 
he, I mean, yeah, I get it. You, you can work out with your wide receivers, and you can do it without pads on, and that's effort. That That's something. But I'm telling you, man, until you do it against a live opponent, until you do it in practice when it's seven-on-seven, seven, you just don't have the looks, and you don't have the feel of it. And until that happens, you're not going to get ingrained into what you guys are trying to do as a football team. Yeah, well, listen, Simple as that. I, I didn't think we were going to go here, but it's a fair question. How much do you think, like, level of – we wonder, right? We, we say – Hey, uh, if in October, if the Jags start slow or you know, it's going to be an excuse built in for any team that does not play well in the beginning. And that is why wow, they really missed April, May and June. Right. Yeah. And uh, whether you think so or not, athletes actually love excuses to a degree because it's never their fault. Now, they don't they also like say no excuses. But at the end of the day, when they go back on things, they like to say, well, that wasn't my fault. That was the situation. One of my favorite things when an athlete goes, yeah, man, I don't have any excuses. But then he lists <laughs> excuses. <laughs> Tales all this time. Hey. Athletes always do that. Athlete, good yeah. athletes. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to make up any excuses here, but I didn't sleep good the last <laughs> night, and my lips were chapped, and Coach's been on me all week. I ate a pizza. I, I've been fighting Utah. a fever, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> they will have plenty of built-in excuses because it's, yeah. here's the thing. I was told this. I, I swear, I was told this by like a sports psychologist. It's never their fault. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's part of the reason. That's how they compartmentalize things, uh, almost like a little kid, mm-hmm. uh, like where it's never their fault because they don't want to admit it's their fault. It's not that because they want to take accountability for a pro for an athlete. It's more that they don't want to let that negative vibe settle into their mind. Well, you know, I agree with you here, but I think every sport's different. Like, I think more in football than even baseball, you have to take accountability, right? Because if you go out there, you mess up and you say, well, it's not my fault. Well, 10 other guys are going to tell you that it's your fault. But if you're a hitter and you're in a slump and you're, you know, you go 0 for 12, well, then it's like, yeah, man, you know, something's just not feeling right, but I'm going to fix it. You know, like, it's just you hitting. It's just you up at the plate by yourself. Now, yeah, maybe you let your teammates down a little bit who are trying to score in run position, but I think there's even more accountability that has to be done in football. So anyway, Kyler Murray says uh, that. He doesn't think it will be that big a big a deal, big difference. We'll find out, right? Um, and and again, in a weird way, I am rooting. Speaking of wanting to be right, I am rooting for him to be right because I have long said I think it's overdone what happens in April, May. Well, I shouldn't say April. April's the draft. Well, it's an off season condition, so April, May, and June. I think it's a little overdone. I think you could shrink down what is done. I'm not saying it's not important at all, but I think you could certainly shrink down. And instead, the NFL has expanded in a way mm-hmm. because they want to stay relevant. They want to be in the public's mind. They want to turn a season into a 12-month, uh, use the entire calendar type of thing. And I-, I think that's more the motivation than, man, we really need this. Uh, so, But we'll find out. We'll find out if Kyle Murray's right. I just don't believe that these virtual meetings, maybe it's just in Jacksonville, I don't believe. Uh, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are missing out on quite a bit with this young football team, with Gardner Minshew now at the helm, with new offensive coordinator Jay Gruden, with the idea that you're going to throw it around a little bit more, with the idea that you're going to mix three, four principles in a little bit more mm-hmm. on defense. I think they're missing stuff being out on the field. Not to say they needed two and a half months of it, but maybe a month of it wouldn't have hurt. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see. It's built-in excuses. What else is interesting to see is this unpredictable nature of what we've talked about really for two and a half months. And we ride the roller coaster. Uh, I say it all the time. Every week we come in here like, I don't have a good feeling about it. Oh, great feeling. We're going to have football. Well, Dr. Fauci, uh, and and this has become down a party line type of thing uh, as well with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was at the really the – when there were daily news conferences, he was giving a lot of the medical advice and where he saw this going. And that wasn't always right. Uh, and honest, you know, I, I think most people would admit that. 
Um, but a lot of this is educated guessing and, and taking science and using it to the best of the ability. I would say he has been right about some things, too. I'm not sure people want to admit that. But he says in an interview today that NFL will have to live in a bubble. <laughs> well, John Harbaugh has said, how are we going to do this? This is impossible with the protocols that you want to put in place. Mm. I think it was uh, who just came out today and said it. Somebody else just said it. Uh, Sean McVay mm. just said you can't social distance and play football and, and be and do the things we need to do. It's just not realistic. The NBA is going to the bubble method. Will the NFL do its own thing or adopt the bubble method upon the advice of of physicians and doctors and, and scientists? It's going to be a lot harder to adopt the bubble philosophy with an NFL team. We've been over this many times. It's it's a lot more staff. It's a lot more players. And listen, like... I'm a realist, man, okay, and, I, and I'm always going to be a realist over a Sunshine and Rainbows thing, and my stance has been pretty clear. I think that either the NFL has to, or we as a society have to look at, like, listen, how do we approach this COVID-19 thing if somebody has it? Because if you don't, dude, I mean, look at 23 players right now in Texas, and the, the Texas Longhorns football team are quarantined with COVID-19. Ten other students that came in contact with those players are also quarantined. Yep. That's a total of 33 students in the span of less than a month. Okay, they're now quarantined with COVID-19. Now, are, are, are they belligerently sick? Probably not. No, I'm sure they're doing fine because they're young, and that's kind of what the, the age range goes to. But I'm just saying, if you mean to tell me that you don't think during a training camp that a team's going to come down with COVID-19 and at least 10 guys on a team aren't going to get it, then you're lying to yourself, and you're fooling yourself. No matter how thorough, no matter how much you put into it, it's going to happen, man, because it's happening. Like the, the samples right now, the sample sizes of college football teams who haven't even started a season yet are showing us this. They're in workouts right now. They're not even practicing yet. So with that being said, either they come up with a cure, either they find a way to be like, all right, well, if you have it, maybe you're okay. So be it. But I'm just saying the way it's set right now, Brent, I'm not that confident. And well, I haven't been. And, and you also haven't been very confident that they can comply with the protocols that right now are in place. Now, Dr. Sills, it is, I think, uh, the NFL uh, doctor and, and um, scientist, if you will, in, in all this, has said, hey, the, the protocols and everything else are changing. Constantly, and so it's just go, we're going to continue to evolve it, and and I think that's fair. I mean, it's very hard to sit here some what sixty days away from the first preseason game, some maybe forty days or forty five. I would say probably about forty days away from reporting to camp, and really know uh, what exactly will be in place. Uh, I wouldn't, even, you know, we saw the whole NBA bubble and and plan and all that's coming out. Well, that will evolve too probably over the next month. There will there might be new things that get added or taken away given uh the situation. What's going on in Orlando? What's going on in 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 the country? Uh what's the latest with the pandemic? I think they have to evolve and change. So well, it's it's very hard to predict if all these things. I I think what we first saw from the NFL was this super cautious if we did all this we think we can play does it have to be that cautious does it even have to be more cautious it's something we just can't answer right now and, and listen and once again we don't know everything right so we don't know what's going on behind the scenes we don't know essentially what exactly is going to happen if 10 players on a team get it in the nfl we, we don't know those things yet because like you said there's still a lot of time to go but i'm just saying where we sit right now where we have universities getting you know 10 to 15 guys you know that are sick right now they're in quarantine if that happens in the nfl man it 
I don't know. I mean, I, listen, I, I wish I had an answer. I, I wish I had the, the magic solution. I don't. But I'm just saying, if you expect the NFL to adapt to everything the NBA is doing and think it's going to work, you, you're fooling yourself. Well, I think the other thing, too, is you can't just go into this thing keeping your fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. That's not a plausible idea. Uh, and one of the options is, I think, the practice squad. I saw something yesterday where there's some conversation about going to, like, 16 players. I think the fair question, would that be even enough? I think it's already going from 10 to 12. Remember, it used to be 7. Yeah. And I think it's going from 10 to 12, but it could get up to 16. I mean, you could make the case, is that even enough? Mm -hmm. Uh, Given the situation or what could happen in in a worst-case scenario for some football teams. And you know what else, man? It, It could completely change the dynamic of someone's season. Two weeks in the NFL... If you did have to be quarantined and you had fewer of your players out, it's like losing them to injury, essentially, for a couple of weeks. That can change the course of your season uh, if, if it doesn't go well um, for some of the teams, uh, especially in a league full of parity uh, going into the 2020 season. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, when we come back, we have a doctor on, mm-hmm. trainer on staff, stopping by, but also an author. Interesting discussions about the Florida Gators days. Not most recent, but kind of back in the day. It's on the way at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back on a Thursday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We want to know what have you picked up during the pandemic? What have you done for fun, a hobby, something you never thought you'd do, fix something around the house, whatever it might be. Uh, let us know uh, at 904-362-9901, star star 690, or also on all the social media platforms on Twitter at Brent A.S. Jacks, uh, also on Facebook and YouTube and even Twitch. Just look up ESPN 690 Jacks. Now, you could have written a book during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. There's been um, enough time. And what if you titled that book Just Another Smelly Foot? Um, well, unless you got some kind of strange infatuation with feet or you are used to maybe taping ankles, let's say, well, then it maybe sounds a little better. I was going to say, so it's either Rex Ryan or an athletic trainer. Oh, oh, wow. That's a soundbite, Brent. That's a soundbite. (laughs) I hope that guy never comes on the show now because I have Uh, to bring that up to him. I think he'd be fine. No, he's he's cool. I think he understands it. I think this goes more of the athletic training way. Yeah, yeah. As we welcome Jim Mackey into the show. Now, he did not write the book over the pandemic. He actually wrote the book over the last couple of decades. Uh, but published a book last year. And, uh, Jim, what a project and what a sensational name. Catchy. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And, uh, yes, I said if I'd ever write a book, because I'd seen so many feet and ankles and smelly feet, that I would entitle the book uh, by that name. So, But it's really a history of athletic training and, and Gatorade at the University of Florida. So. It's all-encompassing. Here's the deal. Jim Mackey with us uh, on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. He did uh, pen that book, uh, but he's also been in the athletic training world for a long, long time. Uh, Back uh, with the Florida Gators from 72 uh, through 88 as a student and staff athletic trainer. And uh, with uh, Bowles and and Trinity Christian is where I uh, most notably have seen Jim over the years as uh, en route to seven state championships for Verlin Dormany and the Conquerors, and now uh, working with the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. We'll get into that in just a little bit because they're doing some really cool things in Duval County. Uh, the worst smelling foot uh, you ever uh, <laughs> taped up. I mean, is, is there one that sticks out, um, or do you not want to name names? 
I don't want to name names, but he was a great lineman uh, who actually lived here for a number of years before he passed away just a few years back. But uh, most amazing uh, big set of feet on a lineman I'd ever seen, uh, full of calluses and toenails and everything else. So, <laughs> And those were the days before rubber gloves, too, you know. Wow, how about that? By the way, you did not hesitate. Like, you knew that right oh, away. Yeah. That must have been pretty uh, memorable. Impressionable. Uh, so, hey, Jim, so, you know, uh, I spent a lot of time with athletic trainers. You know, I spent five years in the NFL, so I got my fair share of tape jobs, let's just say. And what people don't realize that are kind of on the outside looking in is the importance of the perfect ankle tape job, right? Because you tape ankles every single day, and when you're first starting out, it's almost like a Ford Pinto. It's just it's beat up. It looks bad. But as you progress and as you get your skills better, well, then it's like a Rolls Royce, and all of a sudden everyone's trying to pin on you to tape their ankles. How long did it take you to perfect the tape job of taping an ankle? Well, in our profession, they call it an art and science. And uh, one little interesting story was when I was a student at Lee High School, uh, the original Leonard Skinner asked me to ta- start taping some ankles. And one of the other students taught me as well. And so I started in high school back before the days of underwrap, and it was taped directly to the skin. And uh, then, of course, I spent many years with Chris Patrick, who is a Hall of Fame athletic trainer at the University of Florida. I've been there over 40 years. And uh, so it, it, it takes a while, but it, it's an art as well as a science. Is there like um, a pride in, in taping an ankle, uh, you know, because the like, could you put a stopwatch on it? <laughs> oh, you could. But main thing, you don't want wrinkles because you don't want people coming back with blisters and complaints and uh, all those other things, too. So you want to win friends, not uh, not diminish them, too. Absolutely. Uh, Gator, with the Gators from 72 to 88. Wow. You saw a lot of stuff happen um, in the sports world uh, from a sports only standpoint, from an athlete only standpoint, uh, whether it's Vernon Maxwell or someone else. Who was like most memorable from? Wow, man, I got to be up close and, and watch that. Oh, I'm, I'm, there were so many great, great athletes. Um in all sports, uh, but you know the the Brantley brothers. Um, I left as Emmett Smith was coming in, um, but working with Vernon Maxwell and the the days when basketball was getting relevant, not the days, not like they are now, and what Billy Donovan and uh, others have done there, but uh, uh, just great athletes, great coaches, great people, uh, because it is it's the relationships you build that are the most meaningful things there. Absolutely. Jim Mackey with us. Uh, he wrote a book called Just Another Smelly Foot. It was published uh, last year, just within the last year. Uh, you can check it out, by the way, on Amazon, Amazon.com, just 15 bucks. And all the proceeds from book sales will support former UF athletes with medical, financial challenges, and athletic training education. So that's cool. very cool uh, as you kind of document some of your time and what's going on in Gainesville uh, from an athletic training standpoint. But in Conjunction with that and this book and so much uh, from the University of Florida uh, gets related to Gatorade. Uh, And you actually have a couple of chapters in here uh, from Dr. Robert Cade's memoirs. Uh, What were those conversations like? What were those memoirs like? What's the story behind Gatorade that we might not know already? Well, let's say uh, Dr. Cade, uh, well, let me back up. Gatorade uh, is great to help sponsor this book so we can give these proceeds to, uh, to back to the people. 
Um, uh, Dr. Cade was a very interesting gentleman. Um, I was able to meet his wife a few years ago, and she gave me a whole copy of his memoirs. And so we put two of the more relevant chapters about Gatorade in there. But he would stop by football practice and um, show us his latest inventions. Um, He was just a great philanthropist, musician, professor. Um, But the things about Gatorade – I wasn't in on the initial years, which is around 65, 66, but by the time I got there in 71, uh, it was in the quart glass bottles. And so we were still using uh, lemonade and salt, you know, and water to hydrate the athletes and uh, give a little sweetness, saltiness, and and that, replace some of the things that they would lose. And then um, uh, Gatorade developed powder. Uh, But the the tragic, funny thing, uh, Stokely Van Camp, the bean people, they they made the cans. And uh, anyway, when we got some of the early cans, they were these heavy – uh, steel cans, and actually the the syrupy liquid Gatorade at that time would actually eat through some of the cans. And so <laughs> that was a little scary, but uh, we, we took care of the athletes to make sure they were safe. But uh, um, it, it was a very good learning experience, and Gatorade evolved over the year, and now it's the leading sport beverage in the world, you know. So Jim, a lot of good things happened out of that. And a lot of things that helped with hydration and health came out of Gatorade, too. So that was good, and now it's a big performance product as well. Jim, anytime you know you, you bring a new thing to the table, sometimes you know there's some athletes out there that are stubborn and have kind of done things their own way for a while. I mean, did you kind of have to convince the guys to drink the Gatorade? I mean, from a flavor standpoint, I assume it's not like it was like it is now. We have 20 different flavors. I mean, like you said, you had I think it was salt and lemon or whatever. So like, how was the reaction to like the, the, those first taste tests of the Gatorade? Well, the early taste test that I was uh, given information to one Coach Graves, the head football coach, he wouldn't let him. Uh, try it out on the varsity. They could all, only the uh, freshman or, or JV team could <laughs> drink the Gatorade. And they, uh, they said it tasted pretty awful. And um, so you got to read the book because I yeah. don't want to say what he said on the, on the air. But um, it tasted awful. Uh, Mrs. Kate actually was the one that came up with adding the lemon to it. And it was literally, you know, processed in a bathtub or in these big beakers. There's a picture of it on the front of the book, and uh, the Dr. Cade would would pour it out. So anyway, it was not well received at the beginning, but um, uh, you know they built trust over time. And I think you know it goes back to in the Orange Bowl one year in the late '60s, uh, they beat Georgia Tech, and they weren't expected to beat Georgia Tech. And Bobby Dodd, the actual coach, said. It was that Gatorade stuff you guys had because George Tech was worn out in the fourth quarter, but the Gators were doing fine because they were rehydrating themselves properly with the Gatorade. So they won, and that was uh, that was a, a big beginning of the story. You know, there's wild stories about it, uh, about the, the the Gatorade and the birth of it, and and obviously the influence of it at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Jim Mackey with us uh, currently now is. Uh, working with the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program here in Jacksonville. But he wrote this book, uh, Just Another Smelly Foot, and you can uh, get it on Amazon.com. And the cool part about this, it's only 15 bucks, but a majority of the proceeds from book sales will support former UF athletes with medical financial challenges and, and athletic training education and supported by Gatorade as well. Just one more curiosity about this, Jim. Did 
did you have this idea? I mean, you obviously have been taking notes on this stuff and you've been looking into it for the last two decades to, to write. Uh, did you go to Gatorade or did they have an interest in helping out, um, you know, today's athletic trainers? How, how was that marriage formed? Well, Gatorade, since it was born at the University of Florida, being from UF helped greatly. Uh, we just have had some great friends uh, from Gatorade. I want to give a shout-out, too, to Protocol Orthopedics here in Jacksonville, who is very uh, supportive of our effort, too. But um, the Gatorade, one of the Gatorade reps to me said, you know, it's a no-brainer to ask Gatorade to support a project like this. And uh, they were very, very helpful in that. And... Um, uh, very, very willing. Uh, so that was that was pretty incredible to me that, that they were willing to do that. I think if you're a Gator fan and if or if you were a student at, at the University of Florida, an alum, whatever it might be, I think this would be a pretty cool read uh, for you. Just uh, another smelly foot. But I don't think you have to be uh, because I think yeah. Gatorade's an interesting. The birth of it all is, is fascinating. Yeah. And, and obviously, if you're interested in the athletic training world, uh, this documents much of that as well. I mean, the book is not just about Gatorade. So uh, pretty cool stuff uh, with Jim Mackey. Uh, I, I did want to ask you about. What else you guys have – you've really been uh, – uh, you spearheaded and helped uh, with with others as well in Duval County. This Project 17, putting athletic trainers in the sports programs in Duval County high schools. Can you give us an update on that? How's that going? How has that project been uh, over the last few years? Sure. Let me respond back real quick to what you just said. I've had volunteer and, and George Bulldog fans uh, enjoy the book. And as I say, the the, fifth, the two chapters on Dr. Tate are well worth the price of the book. So anyway, Project 17 has gone great. It's placing certified athletic trainers in the 17 Duval County Public Schools. Um, all 17 schools now have certified athletic trainers. Our last two in the Project 17 uh, realm are uh, in their schools right now. And uh, hopefully next year they will be uh, full-time Duval County employees. Uh, but it's just such a boom. We've we've tried to do this for over 30-something years, and Bob Sefcheck and JSNP, uh, along with uh, Wolfson and Brooks and the Jaguar Foundation and others, have been so instrumental in supporting this, the city of Jacksonville and the NFL, uh, to make this happen. And because, uh, sadly, uh, we've had uh, two deaths already in this last week in, in, in our country. Uh, the kids back in conditioning and that. Uh, we don't know why that is, but having a certified athletic trainer there to monitor things and to help prevent, prepare, um, and to watch out for these kids and to respond to an emergency should it even happen. And uh, so a lot of strides have been made uh, in this program. Of course, uh, new laws have been enacted with concussions and with heat and hydration and cardiac arrest and emergency action plan. So all this is being implemented by Project 17 and, and the Duval County Public Schools and in keeping these almost 16,000 athletes, um, you know, in our county safe. So we're grateful for that. And, again, Bob has done a tremendous work um, in mobilizing this. Tammy Talley has been awesome. And uh, Larry Rozier is one of the former uh, members of the Duval County Public uh, Schools. Jim, one last question that I had for you, man. I've always been kind of curious about athletic trainers. So whether you're in high school, you're in college, or you're in the pros, I mean, coming off an injury, it's a serious thing, right? Because you, you can't play the sport that you love. There's the recovery time. You're watching your friends go out there and have fun, and you, you kind of suck on the training table. I guess my question to you is what percentage of you – 
is really like a psychologist too. And like, how how do you approach that to dealing with athletes who come off injuries? Oh my goodness. Well, a lot of that. Uh, one of our mantras is it doesn't matter how much you. People don't need to know how much you. They don't care how much you know until you, they know how much you care. Hmm. So you've got to invest in your athletes in knowing them as a person. Um, some of these kids in high school this is the first time they've ever been injured. Um, you know, their parents are dealing with these things, and an athletic trainer can help uh, guide them through that process uh, as well. So there's a lot of psychology involved in it. Um, but just trying to, uh, uh, you know, a lot of athletic trainers out there are great servant leaders. They're, they're there not to make a lot of money, but to uh, invest in helping other people and keeping them safe and ad- advocating um, for whatever they need um, in, in, in regards to safety. Jim Mackey with us, uh, wrote the book Just Another Smelly Foot about some of the uh, experiences at the University of Florida. And as we wrap this up, Jim, I did want to bring up because I think, uh, well, it's very timely and we didn't plan on this. But part of the book that you wrote has to do with the integration uh, at the University of Florida in athletics uh, and also many other storylines. But what was that like at that time? And obviously, we are uh, still trying to advance and 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 you know make enhancements in in today's world. But what was it like back in the, the early seventies? Well, Coach Dickey did a did a great job. I'm sure he caught criticism for that at Tennessee and at Florida. But 1968, the first African American athlete came to uh, Florida. He was track. Uh, Member and then I think Willie Jackson and Leonard George were the first two African American football players. Um, Leonard George actually scored the first uh, touchdown in Tuscaloosa by a black athlete, and uh, so it was uh, it was a very interesting time. Um, it helped. It, these everybody I met at UF um, was just great, and the African American athletes uh, taught me so much. Uh, helped became great friends. I just had lunch with uh, Willie Jackson and uh, Coach Dickey uh, and some other athletes uh, from UF uh, just uh, before the, the COVID shutdown came. And uh, it's just always good to be with uh, with people. And, um, yeah, the, the culture was different, and there were a lot of rednecks at the time at Florida. But to see how they got along, see what they learned from each other, see the conversations they had with each other, uh, you know, you're eating, sleeping, working out, practicing, uh, going to class together. Uh, were there problems? Yes. But at the same time, uh, there were great, great memories, great relationships formed uh, through all that. So, yeah, it was a turbulent time, but it was a great time. And um, people really uh, treated each other with great respect. Um, and uh, uh, it was it was just it was a great experience for me as a human being and uh, for something I'll be forever grateful for. Yeah, it was a monumental time uh, in Gainesville uh, back then. It's a monumental time in our country right now still, some uh, almost 50 years later. Jim Mackey, the book's called Just Another Smelly Foot, Amazon.com, 15 bucks. Majority of the proceeds from the book sales, again, will support UF athletes uh, with medical financial challenges and athletic training education. Uh, good stuff, man. Thanks uh, for jumping in. It was good catching up with you. Thank you so very much. Appreciate it. Y'all stay safe. All right, you too. That's uh, Jim Mackey. You know, when he told me a little bit about the book, he mentioned the Gatorade stuff, but I'll also uh, just read you a line because there's so much more to it. It's about his experience uh, in the athletic training world and and what you kind of see at UF. 
But he mentioned the integration of athletics, the drug culture as well, which is interesting. We didn't get into evolution of sports medicine, adventures and things that most don't hear about when you are working in sports medicine. So yeah. really cool book for, you know, a lot of the proceeds go into a good thing as well with the support of Gatorade. That's Jim Mackey. He's a really cool guy. Good man uh, here in the Jacksonville area. Congratulations on the book and go check it out at Amazon.com. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.